0: Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effects on the markets. This podcast is for educational purposes and should not be taken as investment advice. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you're prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now onto the podcast. Hi everyone, I'm Dylan Holman and joining me is seasoned trader Henry Ward who has over 10 years in the markets.
1: Hello everyone, how are you? The
0: podcast has a simple format which will see us talking about the top three financial stories in the news. This week we're looking at Square, Lululemon and DS Smith. First things first though, Henry, how
1: have you found the week? So my week has been absolutely exceptional, Dylan. Um, oh, here we go. Okay. <laughs> from, 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 the last, uh, from the last webinar we did, um, or the last podcast we did, I jumped in and DocuSign on a, a CFD, and I just took 3% out of the market uh, since the last podcast. So it's actually it's gone very, very well since uh, the last podcast. So what we were saying last week was that DocuSign,
0: with everyone being at home and needing to get contracts signed without being able to print them off and sign them, DocuSign is the obvious way to go so I mean it kind of makes sense right
1: yeah no it was it was perfect it went really really well and anyone who has been trading Tesla I'm not sure whether it's Tesla or whether it's SpaceX it's because it's been going up like a rocket
0: (laughs) Um, yeah so
1: it's it's uh, I'm up 200% on that investment as well so look things Things are going really, really well, Dylan, this uh, this week. And um, we've had a little pullback there due to the Hawaii news um, with what's going on with the US and, uh, and the UK. But other than that, the markets have been pretty decent to any stock traders. If you're in the FX market or the cryptocurrency side, it's been pretty, pretty flat.
0: Okay, well, let's move on to topic one, which is Square. So Square is an American financial services, merchant services aggregator and mobile payment company. I mean, that's a mouthful right there. So they're based in San Francisco and owned by the one and only Jack Dorsey, who you may or may not have heard of, who is also the co-founder of another small company called Twitter.
1: So they Yeah, Twitter, (laughs) a small company.
0: (laughs) Very small. (laughs) Um, So they actually IPO'd in November 2015 at a stock price value of $9. How have things been going for Jack Dorsey and his company Square since then?
1: Well, for Jack Dorsey since 2015, things have been pretty rosy. (laughs) Whether you're talking about Twitter, whether you're talking about the likes of Square, things have been on the on, up and up for him. It has done very, very well since floating. So if we now look at the stock price, which was was today, the stock price at $128, which is a 1,400% return on your investment in five years, which is, which is great for the investors and for the owners and anyone involved.
0: That is a huge, huge return in just five years. But since March, they've had a fairly flat share value, not really doing too much either up or down. However, with Corona, the value has actually skyrocketed. Why would that be?
1: It's true. So since July 2018 to February this year, the market has been pretty, pretty sideways. And after the pandemic, the stock dropped to a low of $32. And it's now at $128, which is a 400% return in four short months. Now, this is mainly down to its revenue at $528 million in its cash app. The revenue has nearly tripled on Q1 2019 to Q1 2020. So that's, that's where the, the big jump has taken. Now, a large part of that 528 million is from its revenue in Bitcoin, which is 306 million. Now, it's up 65 million from the previous year. Now, if you exclude the Bitcoin revenue that I have made, is Cash App has also nearly doubled year on year.
0: So I've heard of Cash App through um, their advertising of the Joe Rogan podcast. I think they're one of the main sponsors. And my understanding is that they're a payments card and actually the number one financial app in America. Um, so that, that must be obviously, as you say, where the the real value is coming from. Because I would imagine Square, which is a much more heavily linked to the bricks and mortar because it provides retailers with an ability to take payment by, via credit cards and debit cards, that that side of the business could be suffering while the cash app is where the action's really happening.
1: That's it in so a nutshell. So the equivalent of the cash app here would be the likes of Revolut or Monzo where you can actually send and receive money by people as long as you have their phone number stored and as long as they actually have, say, a Cash App account, which means then it's very easy to receive and send money. So it's literally a click of a button. Whereas doing it through bank-to-bank, bank, you have to set up a payee, you have to set up whether there are accounts, the sort details, sort code details, stuff like that. So it's a little bit of a long-winded process. But with the likes of Cash App, it makes it very, very simple.
0: So they've seen 400% growth over the last few months, which is obviously huge, huge returns. Does that mean that we've almost missed the boat or is now still a good opportunity to get into Square?
1: Well, look, see, Dylan, it all comes down to supply and demand. And if there's a demand for that stock out there, it will continue to rise. Now... The 5th of August is when the Q2 earnings report comes out. Now, the consensus on Wall Street is a stock is a little bit overvalued, and we're expecting it to have a little bit of a pullback there. Why? Because it is a big majority of its, of its money comes from footfall at the likes of market stalls, small business owners. It's a little dongle that you can plug into your phone. And that's a little white dongle, so it means you can you can take transfer payments there and then, and you don't need to have a big hullabaloo about it. But with that, is going to be down. Why? Because no one has been out. So there is there is there is a little there is a potential for a downside in this. So not all our stocks on this particular podcast are all happy and rosy day, But if you're someone who has this stock, you could potentially look to exit the trade, but have a look into the consensus and have a look into the earning reports before they're released.
0: Okay, great. Well, let's move on to topic two then, which is Lululemon. Now, Henry, this might not be one for you as uh, someone who's probably averaged about 200 steps a day, I would imagine, over this lockdown period. Is that about
1: right? <laughs> yeah, that, that's about right, yeah. It's, it's not that I'm lazy, Dylan. It's I am trying to keep other people safe by not going outside.
0: Very noble of you. Well, just for your own reference, Lululemon is one of the quintessential activewear brands. They were founded in Vancouver, and it's very much kind of this yoga, healthy lifestyle that they promote so Lululemon has expanded since being founded in Vancouver and it's now in 460 stores pretty much globally. Activewear is probably one of the most popular clothing lines, I would say, at the moment. You just have to go down to your local supermarket and everyone seems to be in it, especially now with everyone working from home. They don't even need to put on a suit anymore. So has this as an investment got a lot of upside?
1: Well, with many retailers struggling to draw consumers into physical stores, Lululemon's approach is simple yet effective by testing new markets before permanently opening a store as well as increasing the size of its most popular one. So as you can see, it's been fairly, fairly successful with what it's done. Now, if you look at the stock price, it has gone from strength to strength. It IPO'd uh, at $18. And the price now is at $318. Now, just goes to show how successful you can be if you actively work on where you're putting your stores and actually by putting a little bit of emphasis on bringing people into your stores. And that's huge. Whereas you have most companies declining which will fall and you have the likes of Lululemon, which has gone on from strength to strength.
0: Lululemon actually have a big focus on building a community. And so they put on free yoga classes and other lifestyle and kind of healthy living seminars for their community. And that obviously helps drive footfall to their stores as well. Um, I just wonder, though, how confident people are to return to going in-store to these kind of events and how that would affect their sales.
1: If you look at the likes of the other companies in their, in their market, so just look at their competitors, look at the likes of Nike, look at the likes of Adidas. Now, whereas Lululemon have the mediation of the yoga classes, they run groups, they organize activities, and that is the cornerstone of the Lululemon experience. Lululemon place emphasis on living your best life and setting goals and achievements. And they're the market leader in the self-improvements and grow into a a multi-billion pound company. And and that is just one of the huge aspects of what Lululemon has done here rather than just being a clothing brand. Because let's be honest, they sell yoga pants for $98. Now, yoga pants for $98, that is extortional. But the problem is is that they have built such a good culture about self-improvement, self-development and what they offer. It, it's they've just blown the rest of the people out of the water
0: the fact that they can probably charge double if not triple the price for a pair of as you say yoga pants that say you could get in gap or any number of other stores and people are happy to pay for it i mean i've even got some uh, trousers and a hoodie and things from lululemon just because of the power of lululemon brand um so in terms of investment though is that something that you'd look at or are you a little bit more cautious on any sort of retailer at this time
1: Well, you say about Lululemon that you have, that you have um, a hoodie and stuff like that there. I only found out about Lululemon about three weeks ago when one of my friends goes, Oh, Henry is, um, have a look at this Lululemon. Is this, is this a good opportunity to buy? I'm going really, well, what, what's this? And I had a look at it and then between doing a bit of research, I've now put on the podcast that the thing with the Lululemon, they have done things massively different instead of trying to sell you stuff. The minute you walk in the door, what they've done is they've, they've actually refreshing. It's now giving you, bringing you into community All right, and that's the big one. The CEO, Callum McDonald um, has said that the first week of the store's closure saw nearly 170,000 users log into their live classes and their digital sales surged 40% in the last quarter as yoga, mats and blocks were selling strongly. Now that 170,000 logging into a workout class, that is phenomenal.
0: So you've mentioned about Lululemon having this community that they build up with these free classes. I've noticed that they've just bought a company called Mirror for about $500 million, which is no small chunk of change. And so what exactly is that deal about and what's the future going to be for Lululemon?
1: Well, Lululemon last year actually put a partnership and deal with Mirror. Now, Mirror are an online streaming where it started off with ballet, it has kickboxing, it has pilates, it has bar, it has strength training, it has all that sort of stuff. So it actually is, is, is right down the street of the likes of Lugo Lemon. So what they've done is they started a partnership last year, and this has gone from strength to strength with them. So they invested into Mirror 500 million. Now, Mirror charge a monthly subscription, which is 39 quid a month, which is probably the same as anyone who has who wants a gym membership. But the beauty of this is that you can do this from your own home. Now, with lockdown, there's been a massive trend with people working out at home. So now it's now become quite normal to do this. Now, with the likes of the, the deal with mirror, this could be something that is has, has massive upside. Now, when you have a look at this. Mirror has built a popular following online, including a manning celebs like Reese Witherspoon, Alicia Cleese and Ellen DeGeneres, popping into their classes and actually also promoting the likes of Mirror, which is also very good for the likes of Lululemon.
0: So in terms of share price value, how, how do you see that this affecting Lululemon over the long term? Is, is it something that you're looking at?
1: It is something that has massively come up my radar. Yes, it is, because it's a fairly new company. It has gone on from strength to strength. And if they can keep this strategy going, if this merger pulls off and it, it actually, database is now growing, all of a sudden then you have more sales, you have subscriptions from the likes of Mirror as well, tapping into Lulu Lululemon. So it looks like it's a win-win from, from both sides. So now, is this something that I would hold on for 10, 20, 50 years? Probably not, because we all know what the retail sector is like, but this could be something that I would hold on for now, potentially six months or a year, but I would keep a close eye on how that merger with with Mirror has worked out.
0: Okay, well, let's move on to topic three then, which is DS Smith, which is an international packaging business headquartered in London. It's also listed on the London Stock Exchange and part of the FTSE 100. So this is um, a company that hasn't been doing that well over the last three years. So how come it's on your radar at the moment?
1: You're you're correct that this has and hasn't been doing greatly over the last 18 months. It has dropped from a high of $582 in June 2018 down to $269, which is today's price. Now that's about a a 50% drop in two years. Now, the sore point for investors is, is that there is a, a debt on board that is 1.68 billion, so just under 17 billion of debt, which is about 2.4 times the earning before interest. With that in mind, they have they have massive turnover, so they can service the debt if they need to, but it is something they are trying to push that off till 2024 so that means they can make as much money at the downturn of the minute okay so they're a packaging company that has plenty of upside but we'll go into that a little a little bit later on
0: yeah i mean that's quite a lot of debt for a company to have but with a net turnover of about 5.7 billion pounds a year you'd expect that they should slowly start to kick on from here shouldn't they
1: Absolutely. And when you look at DSMES, um, which is a packaging company, and they actually make the boxes for the likes of Azos, the likes of Next, the likes of Amazon. So they have behemoth companies who they're actually working for. So they have loads. They have probably a, a lot of upside there if they can actually sort out this debt problem. Now, one of the reasons this has come up on my radar is one, because of the partnerships it has on us working with. It's also got rid of its plastic section, which was, costing it money so that is now being sold off but if we have a look at it it's the pe ratio which has been the big the big drawing factor for me so if you have a look at across the market the pe ratio is below 10 is classed as something that is as worth investing in and if we have a look at this the pe ratio is about seven
0: so pe ratio is something that you're often talking about at our last e shares club i mean, i know you were talking about it with one of our pis what exactly is a PE ratio and why should investors care about it?
1: PE ratio is a price earnings ratio, which is also known as the PE ratio. And it's a simple math formula to work out. The stock is overvalued or undervalued. Now the PE ratio is the company stock the pays price of the company of the earnings per share. So you have the two, you have the price of the stock and you have the price of the earnings. So how we work that out is we find out, the price. So just imagine uh, one stock has cost me £3.50. So you're buying Henry Ward stock and it's going to cost (laughs) you (laughs) £3.50. A bargain. Yeah. My EPS, my earnings per share is 35p. Okay. All you do is you divide the 35p into the £3.50 and that gives you a P ratio of 10. Now, And if you look, now, a lot of people don't have to do that. (laughs) You can can go to the likes of Yahoo Finance and you can put in DSMIT and pull it up and they will give you straight away the PE ratio. And what number would you
0: be looking for?
1: It, It depends on who you're looking at. If you're looking at the industry standard, I'm going to go through that first before I go through an investor that people probably won't know, Warren Buffett. Um, so the, the, the industry standard is if you have a P ratio under five, it's basically the verge of bankruptcy. okay? If you have a PE ratio that is between five and 10, it's a company that's just badly run it's performing badly. If you have a P ratio between 10 to 15 is satisfactory, and then above 15 is an extremely good prospect, okay Now, Warren Buffett's p ratio is a little bit different than that, okay? So Warren Buffett is very famous for trying to buy companies that are in around the 10 mark that are undervalued. So his, his P ratio is if it's 10, it's undervalued. 15 is standard. 20 is overpriced. And if it's a 30 P ratio, it's an extreme bubble. So if we're using the Warren Buffett scale, this is massive undervalued and has potential to kick on there but you have to look at other factors as well.
0: So linking back to DS Smith, who had a PE ratio of seven, that would be considered on on the Warren Buffett scale as extremely undervalued.
1: Absolutely. And this is why it has sort of popped up on my my radar. So there's a couple of reasons. One, it has a PE ratio of seven. Secondly, it has got rid of the plastics part of of the packaging company, which means then that that was losing money. Then you have the likes of Amazon, you the likes like Next, Azos. Amazon had a stat there that it sold a, one thing on Amazon in coronavirus to 83% of its population, which is phenomenal. And and these guys service Amazon, so it, there's a huge upside for this if they can do that. They've also deferred the refinancing on their the 1.0 billion debts till 2023. So they have three to four years of where they're trying to make as much money as possible before they actually start servicing that debt. So I do think over the next couple of years, this will slowly start creeping up. But it's one of these ones that is a sit and hold on. That it's, not, it's not going to make you millions of pounds straight away, but it should slowly, slowly start growing. So you have one potential, you have two, a P ratio, and you also have three. You have a, a very, very good client base that they're, they're servicing. Okay,
0: great. I think I've got my head around the PE ratio now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I want to know how many people we have confused.
0: (laughs) Well, you do put on various webinars and in-person courses once things are going back to normal. And so maybe if you need to learn more about PE ratios, then it's worth uh, popping along to one of Henry's courses
1: yeah if you just go on to the etoro trading school you can find any of my courses the next one will be in 2 weeks time starting on monday um i think it's on was it the 27th i think it's the monday don't guarantee that it starts on the Monday, and Dylan said it's the 27th, so that's, that's perfect. And it starts at 2.30, so if you go onto the eToro Trading School page, you can see that. I will be doing in-house events probably back in January, so if anyone wants to come along to those, you're more than welcome, just ping me a, an email. So it's eToro.com or go onto the eToro Trading School.
0: Great. Well, that's it for this week. Just before we sign off, is there anything else that people should be keeping an eye
1: on? Look, we're still in massive earnings season at the minute. So we had a lot of earnings reports come out yesterday. We'll have more tomorrow and the next day. So for me, it's all about stocks at the minute, just making sure that the stocks that you're in have a look into what earnings are coming up because it may negatively or positively impact your stocks that you're already in.
0: Great. Well, thanks everyone for listening to this podcast. We look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks. See you later. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.